Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. They had no trouble raising $10 million again at the drop of a hat. And so they... uh, I need a hat like that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So they did that. And then, of course, we got into the whole uh, accounts freezing situation where the uh, the GoFundMe people froze the $10 million and then they, they decided they weren't going to distribute it. Although they had already given like $1.5 million, I guess, of it to mm-hmm. the organizers. And then TD Bank froze the $1.5 They were initially million. engaged in a conspiracy to steal it yes. and hand it That's over right. to their favorite charities. But... Uh, some actually, apparently, it was some United States attorney generals who uh, frightened them away from that idea. And then they decided they were going to go ahead and refund it. Apparently, uh, then there was a second fundraiser, which was Give Send Go, uh, which markets itself as the number one Christian fundraiser. The CEO of Give Send Go said he backed uh, the fundraiser and wasn't going to take it down. And to his word, they didn't take it down. Unfortunately, they got hacked. And the database, uh, which included, I don't know, thousands of donors, was leaked onto the Internet. And so that's bad news. Uh, plus, even though they didn't take the thing down, the fundraiser down after it reached its goal and they tried to send the money out, TD Bank and any other Canadian banks were instructed to not distribute the funds, to not allow the funds to be claimed. Let me play this audio here from Christia Freeland. This is her commenting on the account freeze, uh, freezes. Uh, the RCMP has given to the financial institutions names of leaders and organizers of the protests and of people whose trucks were part of occupations and blockades. That is the only information according to the RCMP, that the RCMP has given to financial institutions. And by the way, the financial institutions, which she's talking about banks and such, uh, they are now authorized under the so-called Emergencies Act to freeze accounts. And they have no, uh, without any kind of government order, right? So RCMP is giving them a bunch of names, but they may or may not have said freeze these accounts. The banks can just decide, we want to freeze this account. We think the government will like us if we freeze this account. So we're going to freeze it, even though we don't have a court order to do so. We'll freeze your account. And then if it turns out that they were wrong to have frozen your account, let's say you had the, the same name as a truck driver or something like that, right? Like, I, mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's wrong for them to freeze anyone's account regardless right. but let's just say you had nothing whatsoever to do uh, whatsoever to do with the the protest mm-hmm. you had the same name as a truck driver they froze your account and after the fact they admitted oh shoot you know we uh, we're wrong, we were wrong, quote unquote wrong to freeze your account we're going to unfreeze your account i know that justin trudeau said that the emergencies act helped him compel tow truck drivers to help them that's true, yeah. He didn't explain how, obviously, with force. Some but. kind of threat. Uh, purportedly, it was a threat of fines, I, mm. I guess, was what it was. But generally, you know, if you don't pay the fine, you're probably going to go to jail. You know what's even creepier about them covering their whole faces, mm. though? There's this idea that during the G20 event, which was some kind of world... It's a conference. Conference yeah. about uh, um, the economy... Or not the economy, the, the Earth... It's climate some kind change. of government Climate thing. change. It's that, it's I think that. G20 is bigger than, than that. It's like... Well, there, there was definitely a huge yeah, climate change probably. conversation going on. Well, I didn't know it wasn't exclusively about that. But anyways, they were doing things with the cops 
uh, like hitting people, pushing people, mm-hmm. pepper pra- spraying people and stuff like that. And people back then were saying that the UN had soldiers there and they believe that maybe some of these people were just like UN soldiers wearing Toronto police or whatever mm. police uniform. And that's why a lot of them, they had their name covered. And badges were covered, yeah. And they that's were covering true. their face with like sunglasses and a face mask. So like maybe That's these, pretty standard for like thuggery though. Maybe these tow truck drivers that had their entire heads covered weren't just people who were like, oh, I feel bad for towing after I said I wouldn't. Maybe they were just goons from, you know, the UN. I love, like, reading the comments section anytime I watch a good YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And um, someone made a comment that um, Obama, you know, Trump obviously was different from Obama a little bit in foreign policy. But Biden seems to be picking up right where Obama left off. Mm. And this person was speculating that the Democrats wanted a war with Russia all along. So I kind of think that Biden may be he might pretend that he's against Russian aggression, but I kind of think that he really wanted to push Russia to war. Well, yeah, because it's the next great distraction from what's happening in the United States, right? Keep people Mm -hmm. distracted by COVID. Okay, we can't do that anymore. People are getting tired of it. So let's have a war. Yeah, I mean, he's been an abject failure as president and his uh, his approval ratings are in the toilet. Mm-hmm. So why not see if we can fix that with some human sacrifice? Also, the dollar is about to completely collapse and he can blame it on war instead of fronting. Well, I, I mean, people True. have been saying the dollar is about to completely collapse for the last you know d- several decades. Yeah, but did they print as much as they did in 2020 ever well no i mean it certainly was record level printing in the last uh two years there's no but no doubt about that i mean we're going to see record level inflation i I think that's pretty clear and it already is clear even from their official numbers which, which we know are bunk the western media has been whipping up a war frenzy for ukraine for the last i don't know several weeks maybe longer than that at this point mm-hmm. and Russia had been, you know, officially denying, hey, we don't have any plans to invade. And now it looks like maybe they are doing that. But, but the- is, it, is it really invading if they're going to the separatist regions to protect them from the Ukrainian government? That's an excellent well, question. Allegedly separatist. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to say what's sure, really going on there because the, the only people talking are governments and governments always lie. True. Well, there there have been, I believe, some assessment of the people in these regions, and the bulk of them do speak Russian, and mm. it is believed that they want to join or rejoin Russia, and that is the excuse that Putin is using for this, what he's calling a peacekeeping mission, rather than an invasion. Here's the... Uh, yeah, that's what we called Vietnam, too. <laughs> uh, in that case, at least in the case of Vietnam... Uh, there was no claim that Vietnam was formerly part of the United States and that there were people there that, you know, uh, were Americans. No, we were just ass- we were just assisting the Vietnamese government in keeping the peace because they had uh, uh, people up north who uh, wanted to separate and they were probably racists and misogynists oh, and homophobic and everything. Donetsk and Lugansk declared independence from Kiev in 2014 after U.S.-backed nationalists overthrew the democratically elected government in the Maidan coup. 
However, Moscow has refused to recognize them until now, saying the problem was an internal affair of Ukraine and needed to be resolved according to the Minsk agreements, which established an uneasy armistice in 2015. Earlier on Monday, however, the Donetsk leader, Denis Pushlin, and Lugansk leader, Leonid Pashchnik, formally requested recognition from Moscow once again, as both Donbass regions and Ukraine claimed intensive artillery exchanges along the armistice line. So there's been some level of fighting uh, in these regions between the, you know, the separatists and the Ukrainian government. So it is a, a bit of a powder keg situation, it sounds yeah. like. Well, and, and it seems to me like there's, there's a very good solution, which is, you know, let the people who want to be Russian go to Russia. Right. Let the people who want to be Ukrainian, whether they're in Russia or in the Ukraine now, go to the Ukraine and, and you know, and then just redivvy the territory based on the numbers of people who choose to move. Well, instead, it appears that Putin is going to be moving in his troops into this particular region, saying that this is not Ukraine. He's not invading Ukraine, according to him. Mm. He's moving in peacekeeping troops into separate republics. The West perspective is that this is an invasion of Ukraine, that uh, these are not independent republics, that Ukraine has claim over them, and therefore this is an invasion, and therefore the uh, NATO needs to get involved, and Europe and the United States and troops need to be rolled in, and there needs to be World War III, uh, yeah. is basically what the Everybody West is. Everybody's all obsessed with what gang of monsters gets to bleed which group of people. Mm -hmm. I, They're all monsters. Yep. Yep, that's absolutely true. Uh, so what is happening right now? Well, we know a few weeks ago there was a mobilization of, I believe, 3,000 troops. There may have been more since then, if so, I didn't catch the news about it. But there were at least 3,000 troops that were uh, taken from the United States and stationed over in Poland and Germany and I believe maybe Austria, if I recall correctly. So in nearby areas to Ukraine. Uh, but what is happening now? Apparently, according to CNBC.com, the... Biden administration is now ordering sanctions. Who are they sanctioning? Apparently, they're going to be sanctioning the breakaway regions. Hmm. So they've uh, responded to Vladimir Putin's decision to recognize the independence of those breakaway regions by levying a number of sanctions on the region. Joe Biden signed an executive order. Because they care so much about the uh, those people. Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it prohibits new investment, trade, and financing by U.S. persons to, from, or in the so-called Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic regions of Ukraine. We were wondering, you know, what is what is it that actually transpired? Because Putin said in 2014, the uh, these regions declared independence. All right, well, what does that actually mean? Was, was there a vote? Did people actually get their say, at least as you know, purportedly get their say because you can't really trust the voting process but mm -hmm. it's something was there that and there's some detail here in the uh, wikipedia article about i'm just looking at donetsk so uh i have not looked into the luhansk people's republic situation but i imagine it fairly mirrors what went mm -hmm. on in donetsk and so we look at uh, the 2014 foundations when about approximately a thousand to two thousand pro-russian rebels remember these are areas of ukraine that are mm -hmm. highly russian speaking there's a lot of former you know russians there and they want to be back part of russia 
And so these are likely the people that we're talking about here. So pro-Russian rebels attended a rally in Donetsk pushing for a Crimea-style referendum on independence from Ukraine. Ukrainian media claimed the proposed referendum had a no status had no status quo option. Afterwards, 200 to 1,000 separatists stormed and took control of the first two floors of the government headquarters of the regional state administration. So the first question is, what were the options on this referendum? Hmm. Uh, good yeah. question. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. The story here says they ultimately decided that a vote, a referendum should take place no later than May 11th of that year, so just about a month later. And was it a vote of the people? We're going to get to that. Hmm. So uh, the, the group's leaders also appealed to Vladimir Putin to send Russian peacekeeping forces to the region. Again, we're talking about 2014 mm-hmm. uh, at the, the time we're discussing here. So Better late than never, I guess. <laughs> skipping ahead, polling during this period showed that around 18% of Donetsk Oblast residents supported the seizures of the administrative buildings, while 72% disapproved. 12% were in favor of Ukraine and Russia uniting into a single state. 25% were in favor of regional secession to join Russia. 38.4% supported federalization. And 41.1% supported a unitary Ukraine with decentralized power. And 10.6% supported the status quo. That's just polling. Hmm. That's not any kind of actual... So federalization in that sense would be like they would break off into states and have a federal government like in the United States, but Ukraine? Seems like a good guess, but I I can't say for sure. Uh, So going on, the independence referendum, which was planned and held on the 11th of May, disregarding Putin's appeal to delay it, the organizers claimed that 89% voted in favor of self-rule, with 10% against on a turnout of nearly 75% of the population. You know, there's some history here uh, going on with, with Ukraine and uh, and uh, the former Russia and now the existing Russia, the former Soviet Union. The Soviet Union, uh, by force, took over a crapload of, um, you know, Eastern Bloc countries <clears throat> and would uh you know send in the tanks anytime there was any uh you know interference in that you know i i i think uh, that 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 you guys and i all uh, believe that people uh get to uh uh you know as locally as possible make the government where they are and uh, by their own measures and um and you know all over the place that's not happening it did, didn't happen uh in, in the war of northern aggression it didn't it it's not happening with china and uh taiwan it's not happening with um uh brexit 
So you don't think that the people in Donetsk, for instance, should be able to be free from Ukraine? No, I, I think if they they are voting for it, sure. Well, they but said they I voted mean, for I, it. With, they voted for a, a, a majority? Uh, according to the story here that uh, we're looking at the Wikipedia article, and now again, there's people that question the legitimacy of said vote, but the, the purported vote... Uh, was that it? Seventy-five percent of the voters there in Donetsk voted for independence. Now, that's a pretty solid chunk. We don't know how great the actually enrolled, uh, you know, valid voters were part of that. But if seventy-five percent uh, you know, of that's... our neighbors in New Hampshire voted for independence, I'd say it's time for us to leave. I'm that. sorry, I got the numbers reversed. It was seventy-five percent, roughly, of the population that turned out to vote, and of those, supposedly eighty-nine percent voted uh, to answer this question: "Quote: mm-hmm. Do you support the declaration of state independence of the Donetsk People's Republic?" That was the question on the ballot. Eighty-nine percent. Voted yes. Cool. I sent a a, uh, email to the uh, uh, Ottawa Police Department. Oh, uh, nice information. uh, The propaganda division. Yeah, and basically it just said I I've been watching you guys from from America, and I wasn't. I don't know if you don't know or you don't know, but or you don't care. But I just wanted you to know that you people are monsters. Yeah. Mm. And now the head monster has this to say after that uh, this crackdown over the last few days. Here's what his statement is regarding the so-called Emergencies Act that justified a lot of this. As I said, the Emergencies Act is not something to undertake lightly. And it's something that needs to be momentary, temporary, and proportional. That's why every single day I'm receiving briefings and we are reflecting on how much longer the Emergencies Act needs to be in place. Sure they are. Just, just wait until all independent thought is gone from Canada. We don't want to keep it in place a single day longer than necessary. Why wouldn't he? But even though uh, the blockades are lifted uh, across border uh, openings right now, Uh, even though uh, things seem to be resolving very well in Ottawa. By the way, speaking of Ottawa, it was pointed out by, I think it was uh, Lincoln Jay, who works for the Rebel News Agency, that the Ottawa police have succeeded in completely destroying Ottawa's downtown as far as business is concerned. This state of emergency is not over. Uh, there continues to be real concerns uh, about the coming days. People still disagree with me. <laughs> uh, but we will continue to evaluate every single day. Uh, when- Until we can get them all into concentration camps. Whether or not uh, it is uh, time and we are able to lift this state of emergency. Okay, so he's saying... They are not lifting the so-called state of emergency. The Emergencies Act is going to continue to be in place, even though they have total control over the city of Ottawa at this point. 
Uh, they don't. There are mines in Canada yeah. that they don't control yet, and that is unacceptable because the mines they don't control might have unacceptable thoughts, or they might go out and have themselves another protest somewhere. And so, therefore, they need the ability to crack heads and crack down as hard and as fast as they possibly can. So, no, they're not going to uh, rescind the Emergencies Act, according to this guy. So that's another update from Ottawa, but in related news... Well, before you move on from yeah. Ottawa, um, and also connected to the secession topic, today I saw a video um, of Justin Trudeau from when he was 18 years old in mm. college, and he went to an English-speaking school in Montreal, and they were having a debate, and he was actually speaking French in it. One of the ladies from Rebel News, Alexandra, I believe is her name, she was, uh, well, take it back a little further. She was in the the crowds when the police were pushing and, and attacking people, and she got like a tear gas canister to the leg. Yeah, she at said one that um, the people around her saw the cop aim directly at her and then shoot her with the canister in the leg. And then, of course, it explodes too. So they she thought she that. got shot with a gun. Wow. Yeah, so that happened to her. And the next day, she was walking around the streets in the morning. And there was like a 40-minute long video where she leaves the hotel and she just wants to go and, you know, just scope things out and see what things are like. Because uh, the, the night prior to that, there were still, I don't know how many thousands of protesters that were still in the streets. They were throwing like a big party where they were playing music and dancing. This was after the police had been pushing them all day down into a one sort of cordoned off area where the police ended up putting up 10-foot tall fences they basically created a, a sort of streets-level prison for the protesters. And so they threw a big party, and that was the last that we saw of it on Saturday night. Uh, they have night. a country-sized prison. Yes. Uh, yep. But then Sunday morning, she's walking around those very same streets, and they're basically a ghost town. There's no one out there with the exception of a few mainstream media correspondents doing their reports. So they didn't give any trouble to... Of course not. And they were CBC. Everywhere else, it was cops... Cops, cops. Chris Barber, the prominent leader and organizer of the Freedom Convoy protest, was arrested Thursday alongside Tamara Litch. Attorney Keith Wilson told the Globe and Mail that Barber is being charged with alleged counseling to commit mischief, obstruction, and counseling to commit obstruction. By Friday night, Barber had been granted bail and released after spending one night in the Ottawa police cell block, according to the Ottawa Citizen. The now former leader was released on the condition that he leave town within 24 hours, return to his residence in Saskatoon, and never support the protests ever again verbally on television or online. Oh, sounds kind of like what they did to nobody. Well, in, in a way. It sure does. Mm. His release. Although they, they, I guess they knew they couldn't limit what I said because they just tried. They just said I couldn't speak at all. Yeah. <laughs> Barber runs a trucking business that employs four other drivers and was able to post the hundred thousand dollars that he needed for bail. My goodness. On these charges. Wow. His business operates across the prairie regions of Canada and in parts of the U.S. He's also required to remain at his home until his case has made its way through the Canadian justice system, so-called. So does that mean he can't leave his home at all? That's what it sounds like. Wow. He's on house arrest. The government cannot, by a dictator, just freeze your cryptocurrency wallets. They cannot do that. Not unless... It's on uh, an exchange. Yeah, if you have it on an exchange... They can tell the exchange to do something with it. Right. They can then freeze your money if you have it on an exchange. 
if you have your own wallet. But anyone can move their money off an exchange. You don't have to have your money on an exchange. There's Correct. no, Correct. Uh, you know, government that can tell you that you can't move your money from an exchange to a personal wallet like Edge Wallet or Exodus. Well, as long as you do, they haven't issued an order against you. If they issue an order against the exchange, then the exchange will lock your funds and you won't be able to move it. Well, so yeah. you want to get your funds if off of the exchange now. If you're not somebody who's currently being prosecuted Correct. by the uh, government from Canada who's saying that they can do that stuff. But Correct. I'm just saying that because the government keeps saying, oh, we're freezing the government of Canada, keeps saying, oh, we're freezing people's wallets and assets and cryptocurrency without really explaining it. And um, people don't lying. understand. They're not doing yeah, that. They're lying. Yeah. Uh, people don't understand that it can't be done if it's in a Right. A wallet. judge can wave his magic wand and write his little order and say he's going to freeze your crypto wallet. But that doesn't mean anything when it comes to cryptocurrency, yeah. unless it's on a centrally managed system like a Coinbase or a Kraken or one of these other exchanges out there. Are you a Russian spy? Um, no, I am you? not a Russian spy. I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm I'm an American Communist Party. Tend to think about um, that, and so I'm trying to educate the Americans not to fight the Russians. In fact, join the Russians. And be on their side, you know. So I am not a spy. I'm. What, what do you call that? I'm just. So why do I want the Russians controlling my life instead of uh, other Americans controlling my life? Well, the communism is more of a fair system um, <laughs> because the the capitalists they just wring you out and leave you dirt poor and starving and freezing to death. Oh, so oh, yeah. wait a minute. Now, we're living in a country where nobody is starving to death, and I don't mean me, I mean the <laughs> other nobody, but yet, do you know, but you, you, it didn't seem to sink in the conversation we had the other day. They literally starved millions of people to death in the Soviet Union. Look it up, you idiot. <laughs> Wait a minute. Welfare, welfare is a communist system. That's why you guys hate it so welfare much. Welfare is, is not, a, is not socialism. communism. Communism is much worse than the welfare state. The welfare state is, is a step toward communism. But until people are starving to death, you haven't achieved communism. <laughs> you just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.